Thanks so much. Makes me think about people coming and going and reconnecting, etc. So anyway, yeah. whatever makes you happy is cool with me. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So there might be times where I'm like, oh wait, no, gotta edit that out. I don't, I don't like that. So yeah, yeah, no, no stress, no stress. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But yeah, tell me a little bit more about Indeed. the podcast. Um, I'm curious to know just how it's been going. Yeah, yeah. So the reason why I started was I got foot surgery about a year ago mm. and was just going mental, not being able to move my body the way I like. That was a channel for a lot of my hobbies, right? Staying active. And so I figured, I mean, what, what else can I do? And sitting on the couch, you know, and I think calling friends in those moments are always helpful. Um, and decided, let me just record some of these conversations and snippets, right? I think there's moments where you think back to headspaces that people were a couple of years ago and you feel, holy shit, you've grown and changed in so many ways. So yeah, I'll document, you know, what, what we're thinking and talking about. I've uh, found enjoyment in that. So yeah, it's, uh, it's really just chatting and catching up with people, to be honest, and happens to have the recording button on. But yeah, Absolutely. some of them don't make it out to publish. Some people don't want it out there, but even just for them to see and hear, and a nice kind of memento so yeah, yeah it's pretty cool and i feel like it's a pretty like humbling thing to ask someone like hey like do you want to be on my podcast yeah. uh, it's a pretty cool thing and <laughs> it's my first time being on one so you know Amazing. apologies if i'm rusty if at all or anything um but i think it's super cool uh really honored to be here so thanks for having me and yeah you know willing to answer any questions comments concerns or whatever you might have incredible yeah, I, I was trying to think back to when we last chatted, and it might have been, and I don't even, I, I think I'm about to get this name in this class wrong, but I think you were the TA for Ruby on Rails, I want to say. I was. I was the TA okay. slash, like, teacher for Rails because it was a half-credit course. Okay, yeah. yes, indeed. And before that, you might have been my one of my first cis tas you know back when i was taking my first 110 120 160 type Ooh. before so yeah i mean that's been a hot sec but since then i've been seeing your name pop up on facebook doing these <laughs> big dog house buying and airbnb so maybe i just reach out and, and catch up so appreciate you being on here <laughs> yeah for sure yeah definitely been a minute so at least probably like three what four years at least yeah since we've chatted so yeah it's great to catch Indeed. up uh not Indeed. a big dog yet trying to get there trying to get to the big <laughs> leagues but uh slowly but surely yeah so okay i guess what what was your inspiration in getting into real estate world is that one of your bigger things outside of work now especially consider that work yeah good question it's such like a loaded question for me, honestly, uh, just mm. in terms of like how I got into it, because it has become such a big passion of mine um, and a space that I really dug into aside from work. So like outside of work, real estate is like my thing um, other than like the working out and like small times of hanging out that I'll do with my girlfriend. Like we're very intentional about scheduling our blocks of working out and also the quality time yep, that we spend okay. together. Aside from that, I am pretty much solely focused on um, real estate and mostly it that that leads my focus to like the short term rentals that I have. Um, I'm mostly focused on that outside of work. So the long term rentals, um, 
which I have four of now with the most oh, recent wow. acquisition that I had. Yeah. So I'm at four long-term rentals now. Um, I'm setting up my third Airbnb. Um, so hopefully that'll be live within like the next week. Oh. If you're coming to Atlanta and you're listening to this, let me know. I'll shoot you a discount you code. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so great question. Uh, I think initially, well, for one, I kind of got out of school and realized like I didn't really have many hobbies, like aside from like doing school and like, you know, yeah. trying to just like figure out what my life was going to look like. Like I got kind of past that point. I was like, well, shit, like that yeah. was like my focus, you know, up until this point. And I feel like a lot of people might have that same realization. Um, so I think I was, I was definitely looking for a hobby and kind of like, just like looking for a meaningful way to spend my time outside of work. But really it kind of came out of nowhere. And I think it really started with a conversation that I had with a group of friends. Um, and I had just moved to Seattle at the time. So it's like July 1st, my job starts in two weeks, July 15th, and I need a car, right? Because I just moved from Philly, and even before that, I was living in Kentucky. So, like, I wasn't bringing my, like, 03 Altima way across the country. I don't think yeah. it would have made it. Um, so my first, like, real life decision was, like, okay, what kind of car am I going to get? And, like, how am I going to buy a car, basically? Word. So. I had brought that up to my new roommates, right? Because I was living in a house with three other guys. And I was telling them, like, yeah, guys, like, super stoked. Like, about to go to the dealership today. Like, I'm, like, walk off with something new. Like, nice. Like, might get a Benz. Like, you know. Yeah. In a way, being, you know, joking and, you know, kind of shooting the shit with them. But also, I was, like, pretty serious. Like, I my, my plan was yeah. to go buy a brand new car uh, from the dealership, you know, put as much money or really as little money as they would allow me to put down and like call it a day. Um, and, you know, then start to pay down that loan with the money that I'm making for my job, um, you know, yeah. with the Microsoft offer. And they were like, are you kidding? Like, what? Like, what kind of idiot are you? <laughs> like, and you know, not to knock anyone that that purchases new cars, but like, they could just see the like naivety in my eyes that I just mm. had no real clue of like what I was doing, um, and was really about to like jump into a pretty you know major life purchase. Yeah. Right. So like, that really humbled me. But specifically, one of the guys he had brought up to me like, "Hey, you know, you're." just starting in your career, like, you just signed for, like, this, like, six-figure job, like, oh, you know, you think you're hot shit now, slow down, take a second, and he was like, I think one thing that would be beneficial to you is listening to the Dave Ramsey podcast. Mm. And that just, like, that just, like, dropped bombs in my head. I had never heard of Dave Ramsey before, but, like, once I had started to plug into the you know episodes that he would deliver on the podcast and all the different you know, resources that he gives out i was like oh my god like i'm so glad this guy brought this up for me oh yeah and like what was i thinking like i, I really just did, i didn't know what i didn't know right so like yeah, i yeah. you know you hear like oh you drive your car off the lot it loses a bunch of value right but like 
when you are in the moment making a decision for yourself, it can be hard sometimes, I think, to bring in all of the like outside knowledge and yeah. wisdom that you've heard prior. Right. So I was really grateful um, for him bringing that up to me and kind of introducing me to Dave Ramsey. But I don't think he knew he really introduced me into the world of like personal finance. Mm. Um, Cause that was never, I never really had any finances to be personal. right? Like, I never really, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't, I didn't have any money to be managed. All the money that I had, it was assigned very concretely to like these buckets I had to give it out to. Right. So like, yeah eating on campus, whatever, mixers, whatever, you know. Um, so that really opened my eyes and made me take a step back and say, okay, I need to like really understand the gravity of this decision. But also it just kind of opened my eyes up into the world of personal finance. And then from there, I found FIRE, Financial Independence Retire yeah. Early, which is like a whole movement on its own. Um, and from all of that led me into the world of real estate, um, but even more specifically into the world of house hacking, right? So I was really trying to understand, um, just like, what are some ways in which I can either make more money or like save more money? Right. Mm -hmm. But it all comes back to the goal, not of having just a whole bunch of money so I can build this dollar bill throne for me to sit on with a crown. Right. right? As nice of a picture as that sounds, that's not the ultimate goal. The goal yeah. is freedom. For sure. Right. And independence. Mm -hmm. So more like for me i subscribe a lot more to the fi piece and fire so okay. financial independence as opposed to retire early right Fair enough. i kind of like my job i think it's pretty cool you know i write code um on the daily and that's fun to me right like that was a natural nice. progression coming out of software engineering um and don't get me wrong, I really like my job and I think I'm fortunate enough to like be one of the people that can say that, right? With that said, yeah. I'm I'm like five years in and I'm already, I'm I'm already like, man, like yeah. I'm getting tired. <laughs> you know, like it's cool, don't get me wrong. I love the company that I'm at, I love the work that we do, but just the fact that I have to yeah. every single day go into work and not even like at a set time necessarily because software engineering can be pretty flexible yep. um even though i have that flexibility i'm still yeah. noticing signs of like i don't know if burn down is the right word but even just like fatigue right i'm just starting yeah. to yeah. like the the glitter and glam that i had in yeah. year one has started to wear off now in year five right? right and the um all of like as much money as you think you're making when you start your job after you realize oh my gosh like i gotta pay taxes first and then like i should yeah. probably like contribute to my 401k and if my company has you know a good match i probably want to get all of that and Oh, these people are talking about IRAs. So, like, let me put some money there. So, like, once you have your money 
divvied up into these right. certain buckets, right? And you have it, you know, you know, you're strategically um, automating your investing and doing some of the things that, you know, um, is talked about in the personal finance world. I was like, well, shit, like, this is it? Like, that's yeah. all I got? I signed for like, <laughs> yeah, I signed for like 110 starting out. This is it? Like, <laughs> yeah. what the hell? And, you know, as awesome as the 401k opportunity is, right, at an employer, which at Microsoft, like, it's amazing. I, I don't think I've heard of a better matching program than Microsoft at 50% match, and they match 100% of your contributions, right? So you're yeah. essentially getting 50 cents on every dollar that you give to your 401k. That's probably the best return you're going to see. Yeah. On any investment you. class. And they don't cap you. That's like the kicker right That's there. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So even with that crazy match, I look at my retirement accounts. I look at my fidelity. Like, yeah, like this is great, right? And I can, I can use the 401k calculator and all that stuff to see like, okay, if I wait later down the line, you know, I'll not be starving when I'm in retirement yeah. and I'll have some money to spend. I probably won't be living a lavish life. Like even yeah. if you have, you know, one, two, three million in your 401k, well, like once you're spreading that over like 20 or 30 years of expected life, it kind of, you know, it's not as much right. as you might've thought it was. Right. So I just really kind of took a step back and I was like, shit, like, this is what I'm working for? Like, yeah. Barely okay, being so able. Many, okay. So many thoughts there. I, I, I love the energy around it. And I think, first off, mad respect, I think, for listening to a guy and being like, all right, maybe I should take this seriously. Right. I think, A, nice of that guy to share. I think this is rarely talked about openly and often viewed sensitively instead of as an opportunity to learn together about it. Right. Which, I mean, there's there's many reasons for for that, and I think that's not the stigmatism around it is still gonna be around. But hats off for you individually taking control, right, and being able to share about it too. I think that's real neat. Two on your point of freedom and independence, where do you think that bar continues to rise as you accumulate more? And do you do, where where on that scale do you feel? of how free and, and independent relative to where you want. Right. Do you think you ever will close down on that, right? Yeah. Or is it like an asymptote? <laughs> That's a good question. So progress has been made in terms of freedom, right? So I think, right, it kind of, you, you have to work back to understand what does freedom look like for you, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So I think a very, um, kind of easy calculation for people to make is, all right, well, let me see if I can at least garner up as much money that, as my job is making me, mm -hmm. right? So on a monthly or like on a yearly basis, can I compete with my salary, um, you know, with the revenue or really like the net that I'm bringing in with my side business? And yeah. I think that's a, that's a very like common calculation for people to make mm. when they're getting into fire. So I would say like, that's a, that 
might be a goal. And, you know, to be honest, mm. I don't really know. I don't know necessarily, like, I haven't done, and this is something I put on me and I should do earlier in this year before I let the year just get ahead of me, but I should clearly write down. It's something I encourage everyone to do, and it's something that's been encouraged to me from a mentor that I look up to. He's encouraged me to write down my goals and be very clear on you know, my yearly goals, my goals in the next three years, five years, and just have some sort of picture written down on paper yeah. to, at, you know, as to where you want your life to go. Mm. Excuse me. So life's gotten in the way a little bit of me being able to complete that sort of like visionary strategy. But my ultimate goal is to be able to, to, be able to do what I want, when I want, where Absolutely. I want, and ideally with who I want. Like that would be cool yeah. too. I, I don't want to just be there by myself, right? Um, so that's the ultimate goal, right? And then I kind of right. work backwards from there. Um, at this point, I'm I'm kind of in the phase right now of just like, let's just go, 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 and mm. see how much we can do. Or and I, I maybe I'll say that's the phase I was in with the first two acquisitions. Okay. Like let's just get some properties, you know, try to do it in the smartest way possible. Um, both of which properties I've been house hacking, I've done a mix of like long term nice. and short term. So the goal with both of those properties is one to have a zero dollar rent payment, which a lot of people hear like what zero dollar rent huge. Because even that right there is putting money back into my pocket every yeah. month. So that's like I'm making money, right? So yeah. that's one. That was my first goal with the acquisition and specifically with the first property. I was like, I I need to be paying zero rent. That was like my standard. And really that's why I ended up going for a four unit. Because I noticed that okay. a lot of the duplexes and even some of the triplexes wouldn't have allowed for that based okay. off the cash flow you're bringing in just from one other unit in the duplex, two other units in the triplex, you know, you kind of need, you know, uh, a little bit more money coming in than that typically um, to have this zero dollar payment. But I mean, it, it, it varies greatly, right? Depending on your market, depending on the house, depending yeah. on the color of the sky that day, it can just depend. Right. Totally. But, you know, that was my goal, having a $0 rent payment. And then from there, I was like, okay, can I even make $1 a month from, from this house? And I've been able to do that now with the first property. And now I'm getting the second property set up because I just purchased that like January 2nd of this year. So Exciting. it's still, yeah, thank you. It's still kind of getting off of the ground. But um, so that is the strategy that I've been using right now. And that is buying small multifamily real estate, having that real estate not only allow me to have a $0 rent payment, but also ideally put some money back into my pocket every month. Um, and this year, I'm kind of taking a step back and, you know, looking at the spread and like looking at the past two years and trying to understand, okay, where do we go from here? What progress has been made in the right. 
goal of financial freedom. Because a lot of times when you're in the day-to-day, right, when you're down there fixing a leak under your sink, it can be hard to think about, oh, like, well, I don't know, right? Like you have to kind of separate the time that you're working in the business versus on the business. And up until like this, up until this point, right, February 16th, since my second acquisition, I've been working in the business. And a lot of last year, I was working in the business, just trying to figure it out, trying to keep this thing going, like, you know, just trying to survive, live another day. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, I definitely want to take this year, step back, get some clarity, you know, okay, I've got eight units now. How can we take this to 80, right, in a goal, you know, or I should say in a time frame that to some people may sound unreasonable, right? But that's kind of where your goal should be. You should tell someone, they're like, the fuck, you can't do that. Yeah. Like, all right, cool. Right, all right, cool. Watch yeah. this. That's a good um, litmus test. Yep, exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, dope. And so how did you pick Atlanta? You said being where you are is really important to you in the longer term. What are some of the things you feel you're giving up now, being there, doing this? Yeah, you're asking the good question, Shannon. Good question. Um, yeah, so I started in Seattle, um, and I was there for about two years with Microsoft, and then the whole pandemic happened, right? Miss Rona yeah. came in, changed everything. Um, and yeah, from there, I was really like taking a hard look at the map, trying to understand where mm-hmm. I wanted to live. I knew it wasn't Seattle. You know, Seattle had kind of picked me to live there. I didn't really pick Seattle. Okay. Right with it being Fair Microsoft's enough. headquarters, um, so I was kind of looking at looking at the map, seeing you know like what okay, what next? Like where to next? Um, at the time, I had followed this guy on Instagram who was doing house hacking in LA, okay. and that is uh, a good lesson to say: don't just always follow the people you know. Don't follow in real life necessarily the people that you follow online. Right. Just because they're doing that online and it looks, you know, or not even easy, but it looks, you know, prosperous and shiny and nice. You know, don't take that with a grain of salt and really understand what you're getting yourself into. Right. I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Um, So I moved to L.A. for about three months and it was horrible. (laughs) It was absolutely horrible. (laughs) I, I loved L.A. Don't get me wrong. I was like. 10 minutes from Venice Beach. I was staying in like the Culver City area. Um, I had some buddies in LA who had made the same move uh, prior okay. to what I did. So they were, they came from Seattle. Um, so had some good friends. You know, it was a great time. But nice. I was getting killed in terms of my rent. Okay. And, and the friends that oh, I knew yeah. that actually lived there were also getting killed. So I was paying a bit higher of a rate than like you would normally pay because i was just living kind of month to month in an airbnb so i was paying like the monthly rate for an airbnb it literally ended up being like twenty eight hundred dollars which is insane but you know if you talk to some of the other other people in la like that's not so insane right like you can very easily find people paying 24 25 26 onward in rent and like that literally makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> like, I yeah. could, you know, it, I, I could throw up listening to that because that's crazy, right? That is insane. So it didn't take me long to realize that 
LA wasn't the place for me, at least in terms of the goal that I had of let's just get this first property, right? Like that was yeah. my first goal. Let, let me just get a property, excuse me, ideally that I can have a $0 rent payment in, maybe make some money. That was kind of a stretch goal icing on the cake, but let me just get something. Cause like, yeah. you know, I was like, I gotta live somewhere. I'm paying someone something. So I might as well be paying that to myself. Um, and that led me to leave LA pretty quickly, right? So after those three months, got up out of there, uh, came to Atlanta, which is where my mom lives actually. Okay. Came here to regroup, staying with her for a couple of months, went to Miami to try to okay. do the same thing. So I was like, all right, you know, tried in LA, didn't really work. And like at this time, I was like actively looking at, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. like areas, like talking to realtors, you know, I wasn't like making offers right. on houses, but I was you know, pretty actively like looking for a house. Um, didn't work in LA. I was like, all right, like Miami seems like the like LA of the East Coast, you know, beaches, like on top of that, no taxes. So, like that was huge. And huge. you know, I was I had experienced that coming from Seattle, so it was nice to keep having that. Um, didn't work there either. I think a lot of people okay. had the same idea. Oh yeah, like we're gonna leave the West Coast, gonna leave Cali, we're going to Miami, there's no taxes, mm-hmm. like the governor's chill. No the housing prices like skyrocketed uh very soon after covid and on top of that with all of the like increased threat of global warming it just didn't make it yeah, a smart okay. investment yeah didn't do it so i was like all right well you know atlanta it is and for me atlanta okay. was a natural kind of like fallback choice i don't even want to say fallback because i don't want it to seem like i settled because i really do love it here mm-hmm. um great culture great food great people but for me it was kind of a natural choice given that my mom already lived here and like she had lived here yeah. for like a few years prior already so i was like all right well you know be close to moms um that would be great Right. I had looked at the Atlanta market briefly a, a little bit already, and I could tell that the housing price, I only had to do really like one day of kind of analysis and searching to say, all right, this is like so much more manageable than Miami. Nice. Like it's not even close. Um, so that led me to end up moving to Atlanta. Uh, I actually had contacted a realtor while I was in Miami, kind of telling him my plan. This is like what, like, july august 2022 at this point um and i was like yeah man like i'm trying to you know get a house by the end of the year yada yada he was like dude we can get you a house like next month right so uh (laughs) that goes to say working you know choosing a realtor i think is an important Mm. thing that you shouldn't just rush you know past like your realtor can really set the tone for what your house searching process looks like and can either waste a lot of your time or save you a lot of time depending yeah. on the realtor that you choose. And especially if you are interested maybe in house hacking or, you know, any type of investments related to real estate, getting on bigger pockets and using their agent finder nice. is gold. Biggerpockets.com, just Google Agent Finder. It'll come up. You can type in your zip code, yeah. and there'll be agents that are investor friendly. 
And that phrase is important because a lot of agents, they'll just be like, oh, like this place has like nice countertops and like it has like a cute backyard. That's not what you care about when you're trying to make money. Okay. Yeah. So I'll just put that out there. But yeah. So that's kind of what brought me to Atlanta. I've been here since. Free shout out to Bigger Pockets, man. We got to get you sponsored. (laughs) Please, please do. (laughs) Okay, sick. And okay, so it seems, you know, within the span of a year, trying and moving different places, you settled on Atlanta and your experiences in other cities helped you to apply the right lens to evaluate really quickly whether Atlanta was going to work or not, right? So it seems like you've amassed, you know, that outside exposure, which was huge. Now, moving forward, at what point does this, like, labor of love start to feel like work? Are there aspects of it that I'm sure are quite different than than your coding work, but what sort of feelings or shared perseverance do you think the two kind of share? Yeah, good question. So, um, I think oftentimes it's said about, you know, landlords or really even just like business owners in general, that you have two choices when running your business. You can run it like a business or you can run it like a hobby. Okay. And I was very intentional from day one in deciding that I will be running my business as a business. Right. And not just a whimsical thing I kind of do in my free time. So with that said, um, it can feel like a job at times, but I think that there are like high points in terms of like the mm-hmm. work and it, it kind of relates to like coding as well, right? When we have a deadline coming up, we have a project due, um, the work might heat up a little bit then, uh, you know, but from day to day, typically it's like what you would expect. So I think that's kind of very similar to real estate. So specifically after my last two purchases, the months following that, like at least I'd say um, three months following that have been go, 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 work, work, work. Like I'm like basically living under a rock as yeah. far as my friends are concerned. Like They're like, dude, like we haven't seen you. Like what's up? <laughs> so it's a lot of getting things set up, correcting, you know, any issues from the previous, previous owner, mm-hmm. right? Bringing it up to the standards that, you would like to run your property and run your business in. Um, and me specifically, I've set up short-term rentals in both of the properties that I purchased. So that brings in its own set of work, yeah. right? Getting the furniture. And even before that, understanding the vision. And my girlfriend's super, super helpful with that, with that where I'm good at like spending the money, like ordering stuff on Amazon, like, you know, getting the numbers, like being on QuickBooks, right? Like, all the yeah. numbers and detail stuff I'm really good at. But when it comes to like, oh, like, why'd you choose like blue curtains instead of like orange, <laughs> you know? No clue, right? <laughs> I don't know. Please don't ask me. I'll just go with like whatever's easiest. So she's really good at kind of seeing the vision, understanding what should go where, how should we place things? Because that's definitely important nice. in a short-term rental, right? Like more than you just providing a bed and, you know, a place for someone to stay, they are looking for like a nice aesthetically pleasing, you know, space, especially with how much competition has now come 
in the Airbnb game. Um, so with that said, right, like it's a lot of work, I think after the first few months of purchase, but then from there, if you do it right, and I think I have in a sense been able to do that, it can in a way run itself, right? So if you have say like the right people on your team, um, and I'm specifically kind of talking in the lens of like short-term rentals, because I think with long terms, especially once you have placed the tenant and I've been lucky. Yeah. I haven't had any turnovers uh, since I've became a landlord and all of my tenants I've either inherited it or, well, yeah, I've inherited them. So all yeah. the tenants I have now, they came with the building, which is super nice. So I was making okay. money from day one. I think that's another thing that um, that's massive can be really nice. Right. So if you don't have, you know, some people like I have, yeah. there's another guy down the street um, from me who brought, bought his property the day before. He bought a six unit. He's doing a full gut okay. renovation on the inside. Okay. So wow. he's like completely, it came with no tenants. He's knocking it down like to the studs. So clearly wow. he has the capital in his back pocket to go and do that. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't really have the capital to like, not have any money from day one and then on top of that go spend a bunch of money and then yeah. like recoup that over years like i like to have my properties coming with money from day one so coming with tenants from day one yeah um I'm trying to think where i was even going with that i kind of just lost my train of thought with with me saying that oh yeah short term versus long term so long term yeah. i feel like once you have the tenants in place once you've dealt with the turnover which can historically be like the you know toughest piece for a landlord to deal with the it, it, it can mostly just run itself right like especially right. if you have either a place that's like not falling apart right or like new construction right so either like newly renovated or like recently renovated or like new construction it'll it'll probably just be like check collecting it it'll, it'll, will likely be the hardest thing you have to do. And then maybe every couple months, every few months, oh, toilet seat's loose. Let me go fix that. Oh, yeah. like with laminate vinyl plank flooring, LVP, you have like the transition strips. Oh, the transition strip came loose. I had to fix that last week. So small yeah. stuff okay. will come up. The tenant asked me, um, oh, can I get my bathroom painted? Sure. Go ahead. I'm not going to paint it, but if you want to yeah. paint it, sure. No problem. <laughs> right? Okay. But Airbnb and short-term rental guests, they expect a lot more level of care and they should because they're paying a lot higher rate on a nightly basis, right? Right. So that's where the more of the more of the work comes in. Um, but again, like once you have the system set up and you have a cleaning team that is reliable and is consistent. Um, and ideally you can have their calendars synced with like your Airbnb or like, uh, yeah. nice. channel manager, which is a way to kind of manage all of your platforms. So once you kind of have those systems in place, it can then for me, it, for me, at least it's become like inventory manager, mm. right? So they'll tell me, Hey, like you're, you're low on paper towels. All right, cool. Let me order some, right? Uh, random inspector. So I'll go in after okay. a cleaning one day. And I'll, you know, message the cleaners, hey, like, this was wrong, you know. Um, at this point, a year in, they're very yeah. good. It's very minor stuff that I might point out. 
Um, but I would encourage people to do that because that, you know, keeps the bar that you have set for your for cleaning sure. team and for your Airbnb. So, yeah, that's kind of the work that I do now, um, making sure things are just running smoothly. But, like, once you have the systems, like, I went to six countries last year, uh, and I managed all of it from my phone, and it worked fine. Huge. Yeah. Good stuff. Thank you. Dream landlord right there, man. <laughs> can't can't say the same about my landlord here, but, yeah. <laughs> I'm messing. So now, it, what, what year did you graduate again, remind me? I graduated in 2019. Okay, 2019, so five years, give or take. Jeez. Where do you see a lot of your college friends now? Are you still tight with them? I mean, the way adult friendships evolve too is a whole separate conversation, right? But how how many of of, of you all are in this sort of real estate game? Do you do you think people are where they hoped and expected them to be? I guess five years post grad or. <laughs> what what's the what's the kind of stock take on uh, how your friends are doing? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. I feel like what I feel like it's kind of a dichotomy between like the friends that I have from like school, like from university, versus like the friends that I have back home that are mm -hmm. a bit more either like country or just like dealing with like life stuff, whatever. But yeah. um, good question. I have a couple of friends from school that are into real estate in the sense that they've bought like their first home so okay. i have two friends actually um shout out jbs shout out angelo if you're listening to this that's you guys uh who have Sorry. bought uh like i think both of them bought condos you know fairly close or not too too far from where they worked um and i think jbs one of my friends he was able to kind of rent out some of his space while he was living there now he lives in london working for facebook okay so cool. uh so he rents out the entire place and then angelo i think he just kind of has his own place and i think he just got tired of paying someone else's you know mortgage yeah. so he figured he'd pay his own which i think a lot of people realize and urges yeah. people to kind of purchase their first home I don't know anyone from university, at least, that is like investing into real estate. I take that back because mm -hmm. after I posted on Instagram last month that I had purchased, yeah. um, I had another friend ping me like, hey, I actually have a couple of Airbnbs myself. Nice. Um, so I have a couple of friends kind of dabbling and and, and, and dibbling and whatnot. Um, back home, you know, a little bit here and there. Um, Excuse me, but I've also been really fortunate too to kind of find a group, a community of real estate investors. And I would encourage Amazing. people to do that too if it is a space you're interested in. So my realtor hosts a like mastermind meetup every week. So I'll cool. join that and we'll, you know, strategize and plan and whatnot. Um yeah, so to answer your question, not too many from school doing the investing thing, but I do think that and it's cool to see, right? Everyone being successful and in their jobs and like making hell of money and traveling all these cool places. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like the people that aren't doing that probably aren't as like loud about it. <laughs> so like the friends, I, I know I have friends doing well from 
university because I see them on Instagram posting about it. Yeah. Other than that, I have like just a few friends that I'm still like close with and like actual talk right. to on like a daily or weekly basis. Um, other than that, that's pretty much it. Okay. Sick. Yeah. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. There's always that range. And I think social media, which I think is fantastic for, you know, I wouldn't have known you were up to this, right? If you didn't post about it. These moments I like is, oh, what, what are they even up to? But yeah, as a reflection of day to day, how someone's doing, you know, that's always a, a different, yeah. right? The, the question up for grabs. So yeah, that's neat. That's neat. So now beyond this, I mean, what what would you say your hobbies are now, given that this has taken up, you know, <laughs> such a significant chunk, right, outside of yeah. work? Because that still sounded like that was the initial question that we started talking about, too. So, yeah, wrapping that full loop. Yeah, no, absolutely. Coming full circle. Uh, so, I do have the limited free time that I do. Um, travel. Yeah. Travel's been, okay. like, the, the thing that if I couldn't travel, I wouldn't even care to make money. Mm, yeah that's kind of how i see it you know like if i can't go and see the world and experience different cultures and see how the complete other side of the world is living then it doesn't really matter for yeah. me like that's kind of what is driving me right now um last year i took my mom to dubai for her birthday and also for thanksgiving her Sick. birthday is right around there so that was super super cool uh was in cuba with angelo and his girlfriend actually a good friend of mine that was crazy oh. that was crazy it, it was like unlike any other place that i've been before just i bet very I cool bet. very different um london amsterdam shout out to the netherlands okay. um went to a bunch of places last year Plan to tone it back a little bit this year. I think I went a mm. little. I had a little bit of like cabin fever last year after like okay. taking so long to like because I had two Airbnbs that I was setting up, and then I was also just trying to figure out what are the systems, what are the processes, what how is everything going to run. So it probably took me like four, maybe even like five months to get everything really like buttoned up, and then yeah. after that, I was like, "Peace, I'm out." Like, catch you guys later. Hey. Um, and you know, I had all my cameras on my building and stuff so I could see everything going on, okay. but I just might be in like Spain while I'm responding to yeah, the guests. Yeah. So that's been super yeah. cool. That's something I definitely want to follow up on more a bit this year. Like I'm going back to Spain actually in like a month, uh, at the end of March mm. and then either to Greece or Brazil for my birthday, with my girl. Okay. Uh yeah, so I got some trips planned, and that is that's like the that's 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 my thing. That's my shit. Right okay, there. sick. Yeah, sick. Where in Brazil? Also, by the way, that was where my previous vacation was. So I spent six months in Sao Paulo, Rio, I think. Rio. Okay. Please I want to see that. I want to see that. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> you got to. Which honestly, you'll get there and be like, uh. That's always how it is. That's most big things that you kind of see online, right? But Seriously. yeah, just to be there. I would highly recommend learning even 10 words in Portuguese. You would be mm. treated differently in such a positive way. Okay. And I think their their openness is something I've been craving here in the mm. Netherlands, to be honest. 
but yeah, I mean, you'll just be so fully embraced, even with just a simple bon dia, like good afternoon, good day, good morning. So yeah, yeah, I uh, I, I really did like Brazil. Good fun. That's so cool. You've gotten to experience yeah. so many different cultures. Where are you at in the Netherlands? So small ass town called Alphen. I think this is the part where, I mean, even some Dutch people, they're like, where do you live? This is my version of been working and living around the world. I think sounds really glamorous in that sense. But on the day to day, I'm I'm in these like really local, smaller rural areas for a lot of my rotations, to be honest, except for Sao Paulo, like that was the big, crazy city one. So I've appreciated that aspect that it's something that you wouldn't really get or that wouldn't be my preference to get as a tourist. But now at six months, I get to actually experience that for longer. And I think how I've been merging that travel and work is just having this role in program that does take me all over already. So that's Mm -hmm. embedded within it. So I think I, I crave less now of that. Let me just travel and bop to another country just to be there. Right. But every time I say that, I got some trip booked and I go and it's a great <laughs> time, you know? But I but I think now I'm realizing I do just enjoy living in different places. and But, but it comes at that huge trade-off of yeah. not being able to build up myself more consistently and a lot of parts of my life, right? As yeah. I'm uprooting so frequently. So I think I'm in a space now where even just to be somewhere for a couple years, I, I crave that a little bit now, you know, yeah. and I know once I get there, I'm going to want to travel and do those things too. And yeah. I think that that both can live together, but yeah, some of this aspect of longer term consistency and building up financially, socially mm-hmm. habits, like, I mean, everything. Right. So we'll see, we'll see how that all turns, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed being able to say I've lived in different places, which is which is nice. But obviously, knowing that you're always different, you're coming from the outside, it's not to say I'm now Brazilian or Dutch, <laughs> but higher exposure, right, for lengthier time that I never thought was a lifestyle before, you know? Right. I like that. I like that. Yeah, that's super cool because I think it's very different traveling somewhere and being there for maybe a week versus living somewhere and really immersing yourself and like learning some of the language like that's super cool exactly it's that you know and it's that that i think i will continue to want Mm -hmm. except that at what point do the other things start mattering a little bit more right Mm -hmm. and and i think one aspect of real estate like i do i i got into a, at least a bit of reading and podcasts here and there. That's why when you said mm-hmm. bigger pockets that ring a bell for sure. But there's no way I think my lifestyle right now is set up to be wanting to stay somewhere established at for four or five years. Like I I don't know how long you you felt you had to commit to when you were first buying like your first property. But in my head, I would think, you know, three to five years at least to feel from start to acquisition to feeling like there's a system of it. I think it'd take that long, you know, and I just have not been in one place for longer than six months in so long that yeah. I'm like, holy shit, three years. I'm like, can I do that? So you know, I think it can, uh, it, it can take a lot. <laughs> I, I think it can take a lot less. I think it can just depend on like yeah. how, like, 
how much you're comfortable with it too, right? But like yeah. once you have, I think the systems in place and you were the one to like build up those systems and you had like right. mentors or someone, you know, giving you advice, um, it can help a lot. And like, I think a, a big thing for me is being able to see and like kind of watch from my phone what's going on. So I have cameras around the whole building. I have smart locks around everything so I can see who's going in and out, who's came and left. Yeah, you got your peace of mind. Yeah, and I also like have neighbors and stuff. So I think that helps like knowing them and sure. and whatnot. But I, I hear you. Like when I even when I was traveling last year, you know, in the many times I did, it felt like a lot of times, but even still compared to you, it was like nothing, right? But even then I was like, Man, like pretty excited like be back home like you know just yeah. like in my bed yeah, yeah, like yeah. watching netflix like the simple stuff i sure. think you start to appreciate a lot more when you're bouncing absolutely. around and don't necessarily have that no absolutely for sure for sure for sure and so i meant to bring this up earlier now it's gonna seem so disjointed in this conversation no it's fine as you can tell i am still new to podcasting too whatever <laughs> that means but back to 401k because I'm still mind blown at that package mm -hmm. that Microsoft got. How do you think about putting in and locking in some of that money for way longer term than some of the shorter term things you want to do? I think ultimately for me, it doesn't need to be an ROI question every single time down to the petty. But I think fundamentally, there's always an uncertainty of if, if I put this dollar here versus there, Mm -hmm. What are the returns? How long does it take to get there? Mm -hmm. And it can't always make that calculation, right? Like this dollar being put into that 401k versus me investing it right now and being able to take it out and put it towards something else, et cetera, et cetera. Have you found tools or frameworks or resources to think about how you're balancing some of those short, mid, long term? Good question. Um one book i would encourage you to read if you haven't already and encourage everyone to read it because it's a great fucking book it's set nice. for life i just finished it it's called okay. set for life um and it was written by the ceo of bigger pockets and he definitely touches on a lot of this um i've I'm becoming increasingly uneasy about having my money locked up for such mm. a long period of time okay and i that uneasiness has started to grow in the past couple of years uh mm. so i'll admit to you not that it's a secret but um i'll say that for my past two purchases i used a loan not a just not a straight withdrawal but a loan from my 401k okay. to use for the down payment now for the first yeah. purchase i actually did have the money in cash but I wanted to keep that cash in case, you know, the day got rainy. And really, I just, it's nice yeah, okay. having some sort of cash on hand. So I kept my cash, took a loan from the 401k, uh, and I'm still paying that back actually now. So I'm, right now I'm paying back two loans to myself okay. for the 401k. So, um, you know, people feel different ways about taking the loan from the 401k or even people have mixed emotions about, I think, locking your money up for that period of time. For me, mm. because my match is 50%, it would be silly for me to not 
yeah. put my money there first That's and such foremost. such a strong incentive to do that. Exactly. Before anything else, like there are, there is yeah. no asset class you're going to get into stocks, bonds, yeah. real estate, whatever, that has that much of return dollar for right. dollar. Right. So like that makes the calculation very easy for me. So I put my money in there. Now I have started to think on, oh, well, what if I do want to actually withdraw some of that money and take some of that money? Because I think the 401k has been set up for a lot of people that or is set up for like the common person that doesn't do a lot with investing right they want to like set it and forget it right and later on in life they want to make sure that they have enough yeah right so that they can survive past retirement but for me i'm increasingly starting to realize that story isn't really the case and i don't really fit into that box um i wanted to be rich yesterday yeah okay and not even rich free i think is a yeah indeed to say right which is how you could define rich so and in the society that we live in oftentimes you need capital you need money as your main resource to be free um and like you said yeah i i I think rich includes freedom right so you yeah, yeah indeed i agree with you um so with that said i'm increasingly starting to realize that myself and likely other friends that i have maybe you included don't necessarily fit into that box and again would encourage you to read set for life he definitely touches on this um but i have started to mill over the idea of you know if an investment came up that i thought was worth it and i thought would really be you know fruitful and lucrative down the line i might consider Taking the ten percent hit, hit, you know, for the withdrawal from my four hundred one k. But for my situation, I'm totally okay with that. I still see a forty yeah. percent return on my yeah. dollar. I'm <laughs> okay with that. You pay back yourself at least, <laughs> and I'm paying back. So on these loans, I'm paying back myself. Literally for the four hundred one k loan, you pay back yeah. even the interest to yourself. So I was okay right. with that. Right. Same with like the withdrawal, which I can see myself doing in the next like 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. The balance is starting to creep up and creep up and become a substantial amount to where I don't see myself needing to just have like, you know, it's like fallback money almost. Like you, you need to make yeah. sure you have. I'm looking to have way more than enough, especially by 59 and a half. Are you fucking yeah. kidding me? Like that is double and some of the current life that I'm in now. Exactly. Right. So it's really hard for me to wrap my head around waiting that long. And it's like, I don't even care. Like if I had $5 million, I'd, you know, like, I don't know. I just don't, I don't want to even think about the idea of like having to like scrape by just with my 401k after retirement. Right. So I'm with you. Like I don't honestly buy like that age, 59 and a half. I could see my balance of my 401k just being zero because I've withdrawn it up until that point and invested it into likely for me real estate to get a better return. That's all about, you know, usually that's what it boils down to ROI. Like, yeah, your emotions can come into it. I think you're comfortable comfort level and like you know just your style as a person takes a play into it but 
definitely a big piece of it is like ROI, right? So yeah, I would rather mm-hmm. take my money, go and get a much higher ROI. And this is a key too, a mm-hmm. ROI that I have much more of a control over. Exactly. Compared to these fund managers sitting at God yeah. knows what bank and the chart, the stock is just doing whatever it yeah. wants at all times. If you're listening to this, I'm doing my hand up and down. I don't know if it's going to be videoed, but yeah. like the, the, the ticker just goes up and down. Right. I have no clue why it does that. Um, yeah. And with that said, I personally have really started to unsubscribe to the stock market, like as an asset class, at least putting mm-hmm. my my non-retirement funds there. Yeah, fair right? enough. So I think fair we kind of have to put our retirement accounts into that bucket. But aside from yeah. that, I've pretty much decided like I want to be bullish on real estate and pour every dollar I Huge. have into that. Okay, word. You've made up your your mind from the data you've collected so far, so I respect that. I think. For me too, there's something satisfying about doing something today with the money we have and knowing we're putting towards some current goal versus I might fucking die next year. It's like I'm just having this cash of pot or this pot of cash and doing something I don't really know how I'm going to access and how much is there right later. So yeah, maybe that's some of that trust thing too, I guess. And what the hell 30 40 years like i can't even think that far right you know? and like what and fucks me up like, too? what are we doing with that right now <laughs> right and it's like what scares me and especially as my balance continues to increase i'm like well, what if like fidelity collapses yeah got, like, hundreds of thousands of my dollars like yo yeah. like that would not be okay like we have seen banks very recently yeah, fail exactly. large banks fail yeah. Now, I don't think Vanguard or Fidelity are going anywhere anytime soon, but it's definitely something that I've started to think about. I'm like, wow, like I have all this money Absolutely. on like a website and like this app. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, Yo, yeah. $100,000. Oh, yeah. It feels super not tangible at times, yeah. right? Especially if it's, it's just automated for most, I would assume, right? And um, yeah, you're never really seeing it and feeling it. I have this, you know, perception that if we we're all just paid in cash every, couple weeks which obviously there's many reasons that's not done but that gratification of it and to feel the responsibility and weight of that responsibility to me would feel much more tangible than a number flows from one app to another and you don't ever really feel a part of that right absolutely you want like we are yeah Yeah. exactly exactly i'm with you all right i knew i would hate doing this back-to-back calls and i always try to avoid (laughs) but we might have to wrap up with a uh, lightning round if you're cool with that. Sure, let's do it. Awesome, awesome. So the first is, what is something you wish everyone in the world knew? Mm, that's a good question. Something that I wish everyone in the world knew. You, contrary to popular belief, you do not have to work day in and day out every day until you're 60 years old. Mm. Facts. Love it. Love it. That's it what right are there. three things? Absolutely. What are three things you couldn't live without besides the necessities 
and feel free to define the necessities if you think it's beyond you know food food water shelter good question hot yoga incredible my girlfriend's massages uh, <laughs> which means you counted your girlfriend in there so that was a great great two go. in one there you go yeah and i her her just in that that's her yeah. there we go i'll give me some points later um uh honey crisp apples they're just so good oh amazing so good something about a good apple man that cannot be replaced with the number of units you got you. right i don't care how much money you got that crisp when you buy oh man love it <laughs> And this, you already dropped some great recs, but any other content recommendations for the wide array of listeners who I haven't even tapped into and checked out recently, who's kind of listening, but for who you think would be interested in this type of podcast conversation, what content recommendations do you have? Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. So I already dropped the one set for life. Um, that is a great, just kind of like blueprint for setting up your world, your own world. And that's what I like about the book. He really tailors it to what your situation looks like, or he gives advice to kind of people at all different steps. Um, it's just a good blueprint of like what you can set your life and personal finance or world of personal finance up to be. That's one I would definitely recommend. Even before you read that, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, yeah. I wouldn't be, you know, in the fire community if I didn't mention that on a <laughs> podcast, right? So Rich Dad, Poor Dad, if you haven't read that, go get that immediately. That is like the, it's the number one selling personal finance book ever, I think. Yeah. And it's like the one everyone mentions. And I've read it. And it's, I did. It's I would love your thoughts here. I didn't dig into this news, but apparently the author of it got into some sort of financial hole or challenge himself i have no idea i didn't read into it but I was, hmm, yeah that's interesting honestly wouldn't surprise me but <laughs> the I lessons are still there like, i think he's just trying to make headlines he's probably got like a new book coming out <laughs> he's just yeah, trying to make he headlines he's like how can i stir up my name in this conversation again let me go literally <laughs> literally that's what they do but still that's like funny. and as crazy as that guy i'm forgetting his name on top of my head but it's crazy as, like he can be on his social media and like he definitely has some, I think, controversial opinions. His book is yeah. solid down to the T. Like, read that book if you yeah. have read no other books. Um, so those two books I would definitely recommend. Podcast-wise, Bigger Pockets Rookie Podcast. That is a great one to jump into if you are in any way interested in any type of real estate. They give a like enlightened and very educational perspective on how you can get into real estate and just all the different types and they do a very good job of explaining the concepts um which can be important Huge. so those are the three i'll leave you with all right wonderful desmond i wish i had more time to continue the conversation but you've been such a homie this entire time and for jumping on as well i think it uh it says a lot about someone when people haven't chatted in a few years and you're still down to to hang and share so i love that Absolutely. appreciate it um and yeah all the best with with the rest of the units and other parts of the journey i'm uh i mean we'll, we'll keep in touch about this too i'll give it a quick little edit share it back see how you feel um but again no stress to do anything with it no rush to listen back um yeah it's, uh, it's just been a great time
Sounds great. Thanks for having me, Shannon. It's been super fun. I appreciate it. Amazing. Enjoy the rest of your day. You got more hours ahead. You as well. Take it easy. <laughs> All right. Cheers, Devin. All right. See ya. Bye. Peace.